0: Hey Trinity people, this is Chris. Glad to be with you today. Before we get into the Bible, I've got just a couple of announcements. Well, the first one's more of a celebration. My wife and I have been in the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course, just like so many of you, and it's been such a huge joy. Uh, We have grown together, Um, we've grown with some friends, and it's been really nice to actually see uh, heart growth and spiritual growth during such a season of remarkable uncertainty. Here's our commitment to you. In the coming weeks and months, we're gonna be trying to create more small group opportunities, similar to what you maybe experienced through EHS, so that we can, in the midst of this weird time, keep on growing. That's our commitment, be on the lookout for some of that. Super excited about what's coming down the tracks. Um, The next thing I wanna say, and this is an announcement, pretty important. In the coming weeks, we're going to be working on what a communion plan looks like for us here on the west side. And so be on the lookout. Uh, We're going to be finding creative ways to get communion elements in your hands, and we'll be sharing more about that as time goes on. And we're also really excited to finally start stepping back into some sharing of communion together from our homes all over the city, it's gonna be a good time. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Matthew 14. We're gonna be looking at the text immediately following what we saw last week. This is Jesus walking on the water. So I'll read, we'll pray, we'll jump in. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone, But by this time, the boat battered by the waves was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came toward them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased and those in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray and then Let's just spend a little bit of time here looking at the word of God. Father, we thank you for the Bible and we ask God that you would give us peace, peace to see truth in your word. We pray God that we would have the insight we need to not only appreciate a story from 2000 years ago, an event in the life of Jesus, Lord, but we wanna see and receive power for today. What does this mean for us? So help us to have eyes to see and ears to hear God in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. So y'all, it's really important for us to connect what we're looking at right here with what we looked at last week. Last week, we saw a food miracle, Jesus feeding 5,000 people, actually more than 5,000 people. And the primary lesson for the disciples in that miracle was that God wanted them to give him their insufficient resources so that he could do something with what they had. And so really what the last miracle was about was what do you do when you run out of your own sufficiency? What do you do when you run out of having enough to meet the need around you? The disciples learned a valuable lesson. Jesus said, give it to me and I'll take what you have and I'll multiply it so that you can actually rise up to meet the needs around you. Now, it's very important for us to hear that that lesson was ringing in the ears of the disciples as they were told by Jesus to go on to the other side of the lake while he dismissed the crowds. Jesus is trying to get them in a place where they'll continue to learn the same lesson. I believe that for us, Jesus is trying to put us in a place where we will actually hear and learn and grow in such a way that we become the kinds of Christians who have a truth drilled into our hearts. What do I do when I run out of resources? What do I do when I don't have what it takes to face the need around me? The same lesson Jesus was teaching his friends is what I believe he's teaching me. And I, and I think what he's teaching all of us right now. So this story has four very simple movements. And we're just gonna walk right through these things because I think this is gonna help us see this. Number one, there are times when Jesus invites his friends to step out, to step out in faith and to seemingly kind of go out a little bit on their own. It's very important to realize that when Jesus said, go on ahead, he was actually saying to his friends, I want you to range out a little bit and I won't be right there with you in the sense of holding your hand right now, But y'all, that doesn't mean they were bereft of the presence of Jesus. It doesn't mean that when the disciples do step out and get in a little trouble that they'd done anything wrong. They were just told to go out. They were told to go across. So they get in a boat and without Jesus right beside them, they begin to go across the lake. Now we know that they're about to run into trouble, but they don't know it. They're just stepping out. And there are times in life where we need to step out. There are times in life where we need to push out beyond our comfort zone, where we kind of get out there a little on our own. And I've been thinking about this in light of my own life in this season of pandemic and all that's going on around us. There are times where I look up and look around and I'm like, where's Jesus? I thought he was gonna be right here with me, holding my hand every step of the way. And in this sense, we're like the disciples. Jesus in this moment is treating them as grownups. He's saying, you don't need me to hold your hand through every single circumstance but I'm not absent from you. He's asking them to actually confront some of their own limitations. So they get in the boat and they begin to row out on that lake. And I think this is actually really important for us because the disciples recognize that they're in a situation where Jesus is not evidently close by, and yet they know that he cares for them and he loves them. And I think we're in a season right now of facing some stress because maybe you don't feel as close to Jesus as you did when everything seemed to be going according to plan a couple of months ago. Well, if you do feel that way, you're just like the disciples. So the second movement in this passage is this, the disciples get out there doing what they're supposed to do and they run into trouble. And if you read commentaries about the Bible, you know that storms on the Sea of Galilee were bound to just pop up uh, out of nowhere. Um, It's a a lake situated uh, with mountains around it. And so it wasn't uncommon for a storm system to kind of land and settle in. And then all of a sudden, what seemed calm would not be calm. It's kind of like life, you know. Sometimes life, you're just bumping along. And then all of a sudden, the storms start to rage. Well, the disciples find themselves in trouble. And they're in a really funny spot, and this has really resonated with me. They're too far out to turn back, but they're too far away from their destination to feel confident that they're gonna make it. And I've been thinking about this in my own life. This pandemic is kind of like that. I feel like we're all kind of stuck right in the middle of this thing. We're too far out to imagine what it was like to go back, and we don't think we can get where we need to go. Well, that's exactly where the disciples were. They're in a storm. And when you get in a storm, tunnel vision is almost an inevitability. They begin to row. One translation of the Bible says they're rowing against an adversarial wind. It's as if the wind itself is like a circumstance that's pushing back against them and they're stuck in the middle. And maybe today you can identify with that. Maybe the pandemic itself is that adversarial wind, but maybe it's something else. We're all facing our own winds right now, our own things, circumstances pushing against us. Well, that's exactly where the disciples are. And they might have said something in self pity like, "Um, It's not fair. What have we done? We haven't done anything to deserve this. But they're just rowing and rowing and trying to get through it. And like many of us, they get in this situation and their eyes get on the storm. And in the middle of that storm, they're not thinking about anything but getting through it. And you know what this feels like. We get in these dark circumstances and all of a sudden everything around us fades away and we're just trying to get through the thing. That's exactly where these friends of Jesus were. And maybe it's where you are. It's actually normal. Life kind of overwhelms us sometimes. The winds and the waves are their equivalent in our lives. They overwhelm us and we just wanna get through. And that leads us to the third thing that I think we have to think about here. Jesus, God actually approaches his friends in the midst of their difficult circumstance. Jesus actually comes out walking on the water. And y'all, this is so important because God's actually trying to show us something here. The thing that's overwhelming the disciples, the wind and the waves, Jesus is actually transcending that thing. He's on top of that, which is overcoming his friends. And what we know in our heads is that God is able to rise above the things that we struggle to rise above. Well, that's what's happening in this moment. And the disciples, because they're rowing against that wind, they have this tunnel vision. They they don't see Jesus initially, and yet there he is. He's like walking out on the water toward them, and they fail to recognize him. And even when they do recognize him, it's not pleasant. They think he's a ghost. And this has got me to thinking about my own life. When I'm in the midst of a difficult situation, oftentimes I fail to recognize God And when I do sense that God might be near, it's not oftentimes comforting, it's more frightening than comforting. So I want you to think about a couple of questions here. Is Jesus close to his friends in the midst of their circumstance? Yes. Are they aware of it? No. When they become aware of it, are they comforted? Not initially. Jesus in this moment is moving toward his friends in trouble and their response is less than perfect. Why? Because they're being confronted with what happens when they do not have enough strength or expertise to navigate the storm in front of them. And they're trying to solve the problem on their own. But God's not asking them to do that. Do you see that just in the moment before this miracle, when Jesus fed the 5,000, he told his friends, give me what you have and I will do something more with it. Well, he's teaching them the exact same lesson again. It's almost as if we need to hear this in seasons of uncertainty and unpredictability that God wants to do something. He wants to come close to us. So what happens in this story, Jesus enters their negative circumstance. They're afraid, they don't know what to do. Jesus doesn't shame them. He doesn't walk past them and say, well, you blew it, guys, you missed it. What does he do? He calls out to them. He actually uses his voice to say, listen to me, it's me. And then the disciples have their eyes open. They open up their eyes and they're able to see. And this is a critical moment in the story. Peter, one of the 12, he actually says when he recognizes Jesus, if it's you, call me to come out on the water. Y'all, the only thing Peter is asking for here is what all of us want. What Peter is saying is, I wanna transcend the darkness of this circumstance just like you do it. He's asking, essentially, let me be like you, Jesus. I wanna be able to rise above that which is overwhelming me. So what does Jesus say? Come on. Peter steps out of the boat. And then the story tells us something so important. At first, he's able to walk on the water. He's able to transcend. But as soon as he gets his eyes on the circumstance, as soon as his eyes are on this thing that's overwhelming and frightening, he begins to sink. And then he cries out to Jesus and Jesus is right there. He reaches down and he pulls him up and he says, you've got little faith. Let your faith grow. Y'all, we step out. And sometimes maybe most of the time we falter when we step out. Peter gets a bad reputation. I would only ask, what about the other 11 dudes in the boat? They stayed dry. Peter took a risk. I believe now is a time for you and me to take a risk. I believe now is the time for us to give God the space to invite us out of our comfort zone to help us move through the things that overwhelm us, knowing that he's nearby to us. I believe there's an invitation for us in a passage like this. Peter. He doesn't do it perfectly, but he does step out. So there are a few things I want to share with you here at the end of this sermon, because I believe that this story of Peter stepping out of the boat is actually a kind of microcosm of life in general. Sometimes we're invited to step out and take a risk. The circumstances of life will always overwhelm us, at least initially. Jesus is always closer to us than we may think. And Jesus always invites us to place our lives in his hands, especially when we're in a dark place, especially when we're in a troubled or a tricky place. So we're going to be stepping into um, a time where we invite many of you to turn to one another in your homes. If you found a trusted social cohort and have some interaction and discussion, if you are, um, have friends that you can connect to over the phone, this might be a great opportunity for you to call a friend and get into some interaction so that we can take some of these truths from the Bible and actually engage them together. So I wanna share just a few questions and I think they're gonna come up right on the screen, but I'm gonna read them just so that you can hear them. This might actually frame some of our interaction and our discussion. Number one, what trouble or adversarial wind might you be experiencing in the midst of this pandemic? I think that would be a great question for us to consider. Number two, how does focusing too much on the negative of this experience affect your outlook, your energy, your relationships, or your ability to recognize Jesus? And number three, what does spark courage, faith, and a sense of God's presence, even if only for a step or two, when you felt overwhelmed during these last months? What can you do to cultivate this spark of faith? How might that spark affect your engagement with your current circumstance? We would encourage you to hit pause on your video and to capture these questions because I think this will give us some opportunity to really interact with one another rather than just hearing a sermon. Like we said last week, if you haven't found a crew of trusted people that you can get together and do church with, whether in person or virtually, we would encourage you to do that. And if you haven't found those people and don't know how to find those people, visit our West Side website and we will do our best to connect you to people with whom you can go to church during a time where you can't go to church. Let's Pray the Lord's prayer together here at the conclusion of our service. Pray with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. We can't wait to see you again in person one day, hopefully soon. Amen.